I'm Ariana. And I'm Julie Gathke. And this is Justice, That's, That's the, the Business, business We're in. in. This Michigan-based podcast focuses on civil rights laws and cases from the perspective of attorney Julie Gathke and her law firm. Attorney Gathke specializes in discrimination cases. This is a podcast for those who are interested in learning more about the law, current events, and the way in which they affect our communities in everyday life. Today, we are going to be discussing the hot topic of critical race theory and K through 12 and how once again, again and again, we are shown how racism is built into the very DNA of the United States and that you can't have one without the other. So some background information, one of 2021's biggest topics right now has been critical race theory. Um, it's been shown in the media and people have been having tons of discussions on the phenomenon. Um, I think there have been multiple events that have sparked this conversation for sure. Um, definitely with um, George Floyd and um, the pandemic are a number of, I think a couple reasons why it's been a hot topic for 2021. And um, many conservatives feel threatened by it being taught in schools and they are protesting and collaborating with the goal of having it banned from the curriculum in K through 12, which is kindergarten through 12th grade. And as of right now, um, the states that are banning critical race theory include Arkansas, Idaho, Oklahoma, and of course, Florida. Um, I can't say that I'm too shocked <laughs> uh, by the states on the list. And although those are the states that have it where you cannot learn about critical race theory, there are plenty of more states that are debating what to do. And Michigan is one of those states. So in Michigan specifically, um, Education Week stated that in May of this year, uh, Republican legislators introduced a bill that would direct school boards to ensure that the curriculum does not include critical race theory, the 1619 Project, or anti-American and racist theories. Uh, Michigan Senator Lana Thies, or Thies, um, a Republican in Brighton, believes, and I quote, that critical race theory is an invention of the extremist political left that has manipulated academia for decades and is now targeting private businesses public institutions, and sadly, our K-12 classrooms, where it is indoctrinating um, young minds with anti-American falsehoods. She, wow. <laughs> she also said that this radical worldview view has no place in the public education, and my bill will make sure that it never will. Um, <laughs> uh, interesting take. Uh, I, there's many things wrong with all of those quotes. Um, and we're going to be getting into that in this episode. So race, racism is American history. It's real and it should not be ignored. And it is not unpatriotic to acknowledge our history of racism and how that racism continues today. And it is patriotic to acknowledge it for once and make steps to not repeat it because not addressing the problem isn't going to solve anything it's just going to make things worse and events 
are going to continue to repeat themselves. Um, the 1619 project that was mentioned in some of uh, with Michigan was it's a project that was founded by Nicole Hannah Jones and it shares the history of the first African peoples sold um, to American colonizers into slavery. And it's called the 1619 Project because this tragic event occurred in August of 1619. And the goal of this was to show the ways in which slavery has changed America. Um, and this is in the form of tons and tons of research. They have a podcast and a book that is going to be coming out. Um, I've listened to the podcast. It's really, really good and well-researched. So well-researched. Um, and so, Mariana, this Michigan senator actually wants a bill passed that would preclude any education at all regarding the 1619 Project? Yeah, they don't want, they don't want anyone to talk about racism or slavery because they be they view it as uh, leftist propaganda. I, I don't know what I don't know how talking about history um, it's it it doesn't make any sense. But one thing I guess one bright side to this is that Michigan's uh, state superintendent Dr. Michael Rice said that it is important for students to learn about race and racism. He said that race and racism may be inconvenient for some, uncomfortable for others, and searing, for, searing still for others. But because they are inextricably a part of our history, they must be taught. And people are like, oh, I, like, I don't want to, you know, this, this is harmful to teach such um, accurate history. But the thing is, you know what's even worse? Being hate-crimed and being called slurs. That's even worse. So... I think having a child learn about that is not going to make them terrible people. If not, it's going to make them better people for understanding the history of the United States. Um, yeah, I mean, there seems to be a lot of misconception about what critical race theory really is. And I question whether these legislators who are introducing these bills to have it completely banned from our public schools even know what it is. Um, you know, it really, it was a, it's a thoughtful theory. There's been a lot researched about it. Um, one of the origins is believed to be a civil rights attorney, actually, by the name of Derek Bell. And he worked on a lot of civil rights cases in the 60s and 70s. He was involved in a case in the 60s in Harmony, Mississippi, which involved school desegregation. And the schools were desegregated as a result of the court case. However, after the decision, the ruling sparked white flight from public schools and created private academies which were segregated by race. Um, so you have a situation where you have this great case that desegregates schools with this purpose of integration, but then you have this backlash and you have this reassertion of racism in a different form. And that mm -hmm. seems to be the unfortunate pattern. And, and part of what critical race theory wants to do is 
is show how this racism keeps reasserting itself and even to today. I mean, after Brown versus Board of Education, unfortunately, there was all this white flight. We talked about that mm-hmm. in our episode where we talked about the events of 1950s and the, the major, some major civil rights events that we touched on, including Brown versus Board of Education. But what happened was there was this white flight, and then, as we discussed, the Milliken versus Bradley case on, in 1974 which involved the fact that there were over 90% black students in the Detroit schools and those schools were underfunded and compared to other schools in the metro Detroit area which were primarily white students there was a a clear disadvantage Um, and it was challenged by the state of Michigan but the US Supreme Court said there didn't have to be busing there didn't have to be desegregation amongst the metro Detroit area. It just had to be within the school district. Um, I, I think one thing that you said you were talking about pattern, I think that's a great way to describe it because a pattern is something that is reoccurring. Um, and this is preventable. Like we can we can solve we can help solve these problems by actually facing um, history, even if it's difficult for some to, I guess, hear. Um, and it's very interesting. Yeah, so critical race theory basically starts with the premise that racism is so deeply rooted in the makeup of American society that it has been able to reassert itself after each successive wave of reform aimed at eliminating it. Mm-hmm. And we've seen that. I mean, like I said, Board of Education was this landmark case and it was supposed to end all racism but unfortunately it didn't Mm -hmm. and within a year of that case there was tons of backlash look at what happened with Emmett Till being murdered and lynched yeah and frankly as we sit here today Ariana Mm -hmm. there are three white men on trial in Georgia for basically lynching a black man Um, Ahmaud Arbery was murdered by three white men in February of 2020 as you know Mm -hmm. horrible and all he was doing was running down the street just exercising Yes. and this is 70 years after almost 70 years after Brown vs. Board of Education so we're seeing this reassertion of racism it hasn't ended it comes in different forms And if we don't acknowledge it, if we don't name it, if we don't accept that it's so deeply rooted, how are we going to root it out? And it's it's interesting that you you say that because like within the last couple months you can even see it with it's when people are so for example last year with the Black Lives Matter protests, um, and then in January what happened at the Capitol, how is, how is that solving anything? They were up there hurting people and I I can't even wrap my mind around it because they're like, oh, like, um, we should be saying all lives matter. And when people are saying that black lives matter, and it's not saying that other people's lives don't matter. It's just saying that 
what we need to focus on right now are black people um, because they are currently getting murdered in the street and racially profiled and harassed. Um, and then they turn around and do whatever that was on January 6th. Um, yeah, it was an insurrection. Yes. It was an act of terrorism. And it really was. It happened on American soil. And, and it happened at our capital. And those are the people, same people who are like, oh, I'm, I'm the biggest patriot. Like, ra- racism is so deeply embedded into this country that some view it as patriotic. And it's so sad. Um, and these are some of the same people who are refusing to acknowledge that racism is still well al- and alive here in this country. You're, I mean, you're right, because you think about it. The Black Lives Matter came about because um, of a lot of reasons, but was resurrected essentially and became a nationwide um, collaboration with the viewing and, and seeing the death of George Floyd as he, you know, as a white police officer put his knee on his neck for... What was it? How many? It was so long. It was such a long time. I mean, I it's, it say varies like, in in time that people say, but um, nine minutes, I think, was yeah. I want to say said, nine minutes. Set at the Chauvin trial. And, um, and another thing is like this: like the Black Lives Matter movement has been going on for a while. I just think that, I mean, for for black people and other people of color. Racism has some, been something that we've always known and we are taught at a young, young age. And last year with George Floyd being publicly like murdered and it's all over the internet, for a lot of people, it was the first time that they were like, oh my gosh, like racism is still here. And it's like a slap in the face for a lot of people because it's like, wow, you just now got to learn about racism. And then... The rest of us have been sitting here enduring these racist acts. And I mean, this is another reason we need critical race theory because a lot of people are like, oh my gosh, this is so bad. I'm like, well, I'm glad you're learning about racism, but like at the same time, this has been going on for a long, long time. Um, And it's something we need to come to grips with. And I think another, with like, Trayvon Martin, that was another one that really, really stung. I mean, they all stung, but and still sting, but it's sometimes it's sad to see the justice system fail us. Oh, absolutely. Um, so, but it's not racist to learn about no, it's what not- hap- what the truth is and and how the justice system has failed to address racism and how racism keeps reasserting itself. Yes. And it becomes, it's it's so embedded and rooted that if we don't recognize it, mm-hmm. you know, and if we don't lift up um, people of color and tell their story, um, mm-hmm. you know, we're not going to get to the point where we can live, we're living without racism. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, we are living with racism and to ignore it really is to to be ignorant to what is right there. 
Yeah, and there's multiple interpretations to like when I was when we were doing this research, there was multiple interpretations to what people thought defines critical race theory. But one thing I want to say is so basically it teaches people about how racism is built into the very structure of this country. And you can't have like in the United States you can't have you can't have the United States without racism because it would it, it just doesn't go. Um, but I think someone who described it very well was the Legal Defense Fund, and they defined critical race theory as an academic and legal framework that denotes that system systematic racism is a part of American society, from education and focusing to employment and health care. Um, this theory recognizes that racism is more than the result of individuals' bias and prejudice. It's embedded into our laws, policies, and institutions that uphold and reproduce those racial inequalities. And another thing, it, it's everywhere. It's not like, oh, I called someone uh, a name or I was fighting with someone. It's, it's, it's literally built into our laws. Um, and... I think this kind of reminds me of like the Crown Act you were talking about um, with discrimination, with your hair, um, but also it, it's, it's everywhere. Um, but one thing that an article written by Arpan Lobo and Mitchell Boatman uh, wrote for the Holland Centennial, they stated that Michigan isn't even part of, it's not even part of the curriculum uh, critical race theory and I'm looking back and I'm like it's not because I think it should be included because a lot of people are ignorant to what it actually is but it's I don't think I think that the public school system has failed in this way that history isn't properly taught um, and I have a quote it says minorities interests are subservient to the system's self-interest and that the current system built by and for white elites will tolerate and encourage racial progress for minorities only if this promotes the majority's self-interest. So a lot of times if it's not directly benefiting the uh, white people, then people view it as a threat. Um, well, right. I mean, this bill in Michigan, <laughs> it's one thing to say critical race theory must be taught as part of the curriculum in Michigan, right? I mean, maybe um, there's some academic discretion by the history teachers. I don't know. But to say that the history teacher cannot teach, like explicitly says cannot teach critical race theory, that in and of itself seems racist in my view. Mm -hmm. I mean, to actually come up with a bill and want to pass it in Michigan that says you can't teach it at all. So, I mean, that certainly is not giving history teachers much room, even if it's true, apparently you can't teach it. Mm -hmm. But fortunately, Michigan has not yet passed this law. And, and, you know, please talk to your senators and your representatives in Michigan and tell them that you don't agree with banning critical race theory. You don't agree with banning the teaching of the 1619 project or you don't agree with banning any mention in the classroom about the fact that 
Mm-hmm. There's racism. And there's been racism in this country in the past, and that we need to learn by these and past lot, ills by our it, yeah. It and a lot of it, a lot of these problems are are forming because of the inaccurate tellings of history. And I think one prime example would be with the Confederate flag. So oh. I, my example is the people who believe that critical race theory shouldn't be taught are the same ones who believe that the Confederate flag is not racist and that it is, quote, Southern power, when in reality this flag is a symbol of white supremacy. Um, and one of my favorite quotes is, the past is never dead. It's not even past. And I think that is an accurate description of the United States because like, oh, racism is so far gone. It's, it never left. It's been here forever. And it's going to be here for a while, I believe. Um, it's yeah, just so. If you can't learn about it, then yes, how are you going to fix it? You have to actively be anti-racist, and I don't think. I think that just like it's good to read books, and I think it's good to inform yourself, but you, you need to do a lot more than that. You need to be tearing down these systems that are actively helping one specific group and tearing down another. Um, it's I, you're gonna have to do a little more than a social media post and reading how to be anti-racist. But um, I mean, that that's my opinion. But it's well, I mean, you were telling me we were talking before the show about some examples of what's in what is actually in history textbooks. So you know they don't want critical race theory taught yet. What they're teaching is is not what happened and it puts a spin on what actually did happen as if it's um fairy tale like a fairy tale yes (laughs) i think that's a great way fairy tale because it's there's so much delusion i appreciate honesty and i know a lot of other people appreciate honesty and i know attorney yathke appreciates honesty so for there to be so many inaccuracies in our history textbooks and the way that history is portrayed is disheartening to say the least. And I have so many examples. Um, I have a quote from um, Box, and they had a um, snippet from a textbook that was written in the 1930s, and it was pretty much on what happened in 1619. And this is what the quote says. The settlers bought them, and they were so helpful in raising tobacco that more were brought in, and slavery became part of our history. What is that? (laughs) They were so helpful. It makes it sound like such a nice thing, you know, that, that 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 is a good thing in our history, that... um, yeah, it's just, it shows that there does need to be some real lessons about what actually happened and mm-hmm. how it actually, you know, it, it was a brutal thing. I mean, it was, yes. it was ownership. There was nothing glamorous consent. about it. No, there it was makes a... it sound glamorous, exactly. It, I think that's a good way to describe how this, how this sentence out of a textbook makes it sound. Yes, and like another example is 
is how like young children are taught about pilgrims and Thanksgiving and Christopher Columbus. Like they did, Native Americans did not sit with pilgrims and they had dinner and it was just, they just shared their cultures, which is so great. That is not what happened. Um, well, if that's not what happened, we're going to have to rewrite a lot of Thanksgiving I know. Um, As, uh, plays, like, because isn't that what always happens we, in Thanksgiving plays? They, <laughs> they're like, oh, we just, we, we, I, I would have really appreciated to learn about the actual history of the founding of this country, not the watered down version, um, because it's like, a lot of the research, a lot of the information that I know on history is because I researched it myself outside of class and not because I was taught it in, not taught by teachers. Um, yeah, I mean, if you actually knew the history behind the brutality of Native American, the, how brutal we were to Native Americans, yeah. and it's, maybe people would understand more why it's offensive to have... You know, Native American mascots. Yes, it's 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 very insulting, and uh, and it's even worse when people are like celebrating Christopher Columbus Day. I don't I don't celebrate that day. I I view it as Indigenous Peoples Day, and I'm glad a lot of other people are starting to recognize it as that. But like you would, you wouldn't have a day. For Hitler because Hitler did horrible horrible things and Christopher Columbus is right up there with him and he spread a disease um, he took out so many it was genocide and the fact that like it was deemed a national holiday is unacceptable and you're taught that oh he's a man who discovered America but like that's so vague what you you came to the wrong... You, he thought he was in India. And then you colonized the entire nation. You murdered so many, so many Native Americans. And then it's just in the history books. Oh, they had dinner together. Like, we learned each other's differences. Like, it's, it's crazy. And I actually... There was... I went to... Um, it was Native American Museum here. And I remember... Here in Saginaw, Michigan? Yes. And for like an alternative break, which like our, my university did, my it was on, my um, trip was focused on learning about Native American environmentalism and preservation. And we went to the museum beforehand to, you know, like learn. And I, I can't make this up. I remember I was the only black person in my group of 10 people and our tour guide was a white woman and it was going fine like we're going around like reading about um the uh, about native americans and the different tribes and she was and i was like this is in a history museum she's like yeah like i was like i was so baffled for a number of reasons she said and i quote oh like native americans wanted to be like white people and she turns to me and says oh sorry oh my i was i was so shocked literally everyone was looking around i was like there's so many things 
going on and wrong. Like, I, it's so irresponsible to work in a history museum on Native Americans and say, oh, they wanted to be, they wanted to be like white people. That is not, that's not yeah. what happened. The white people wanted the Native Americans. You forced them, forced them. Forced them. To be like them in order to be accepted. Yeah, you forced them to assimilate, cut their hair, um, change their religions, convert to Christianity. And then to make it worse, you're saying, really, yeah, people do not want to be like black people. You went out of that your was way. the inference. I um, mean, it's that sounds really hurtful. I was, I was just like, I was yeah. so shocked, and I was like, afterwards, like the group leader was like, I am so sorry. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, but maybe like, if that woman would have had some critical race theory, she would have understood exactly that saying something like that exactly is, is hurtful and can be racist and just shows a complete lack of understanding of. Um, a lot of things. Yeah, I was just like... It's it, insensitive. And I was just like, we are in an actual museum. Like, I understand, I understand that people are ignorant. I understand that. But, like, for you to work in a museum and then inaccurately share the history and then make another comment, uh, anti-black comment saying, oh, like, they don't want to be black. I was like, okay. Okay. Um, Oh, boy. So, <laughs> Well, Well, thank you for sharing that because I think that really underscores the need for critical race theory, <laughs> frankly. Yeah. And, and a history lesson. Right, right. And I think that it's important that we be honest about our history, about our racism. And, you know, my hope is that we can move forward and make things more equal and um, maybe that's naive, I don't know. But I mean, I do, I think that acknowledging the racism, do you think, Ariana, that acknowledging it is the, a first, I a good first step? It's going to be a long, 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 long time before this nation truly heals from racism because it is so much a part of our history that mm -hmm. like when you try to call people out on it, they were like, oh my God, you're... So you're anti-American. It's like, no, n no, that's that's not it. But I, I think the first step is to accurately share history, acknowledge that problems have occurred from lies and that telling the truth, like sharing an accurate history, re like an actual um, telling of history can solve so many of the problems. And I don't think... I know I saw this interview. Some parents were like, "Oh my gosh! Like you're teaching people to hate white people." That's not it. No. That's not that's all. not it. They people are frustrated because history isn't being taught correctly, and then they're like, "Oh my gosh!" Like people, I'm so frustrated. But it's like people don't realize how by covering things up, they they aren't going to disappear. They're just going to pop up in other forms. And I think that uh, talking about these patterns, it, it's been very, very um, prevalent. It's, it's, it's definitely shown us a lot. And I think teaching, about, teaching students about this brutal history will open students' students's eyes uh, and 
Yeah, I mean, sometimes it, change requires to be, you have to be, get uncomfortable sometimes. Yes. For there to be real change. Yes, like, and I, I want to say this again, like, being uncomfortable isn't a bad thing. Um, people grow under pressure. Right. So when you are faced to, when you, when you were to show that you need to face, like, that maybe some of my things that I've done are racist and I need to change them or these systems that have been built this way are um, races. How, how can I change them? Um, and I think we're talking about like, we were talking about earlier in this episode about like posting um, like black squares on your Instagram and stuff like, yeah, that's great and all, but like to form the actual change, like posting bills to actually learn about racism and um, anti-racist policies. And it's, it's quite frankly like addressing microaggressions and macroaggressions, but this, the bill that the senator is proposing is quite frankly racist. Yeah, to um, ban, to ban yes. any critical race theory. And it's not even there. There's there's nothing to ban because it's not there. Right, and it's not even We required. haven't been taught anything. <laughs> the stuff that, like, I, I'm trying to remember. Like, the last time I deeply, deeply, like, in a school setting learned about slavery was probably fifth grade. The rest of the time, it's, like, glossed over. And they're like, Martin, then, then like, pretty much someone did a video. And they're like, this is how the public school says, Martin Luther King was good. And Malcolm X was bad. Right. Like, no, <laughs> this is not, yes. this is not. This that is, is the history That's lesson. literally it. And then right. like, <laughs> and it's there's so, so much more complex. Yes. And, and there's so much more to learn than that basic, what you just said. That's, that's not. That's basically what right. it was. And those textbooks are <laughs> inaccurate and embarrassing. And then like, other countries, for example, we were talking about this before the episode Germany does not let you forget what happened. They give an accurate telling of history, even though it's not pretty. And I, I can respect that. Um, they, they address what happened, and they're not going to let anyone forget it. And for example, they're still putting Nazis on trial for those horrible, horrible things that they did to Jewish people. Um, and I think it tells a lot uh, because, like, for example, like, Carolyn Bryant, we talked about this in a couple episodes. It was the last episode. She's still roaming free in her 80s. And last week I saw that article about one of the uh, Nazis put on trial. I'm like, he is, they're about the same age. Like, they're about the same age. And, again, like. And Carolyn Bryant was the one who made oh. those lies up about Emmett Till, mm-hmm. who was then lynched by her husband Mm -hmm. and family members. Like, they have done, like, people have done horrible things and they need to be held accountable. Who cares if they're old? They still did those horrible things. Bill Cosby's in jail. Carolyn Bryant needs to be in jail right right with them. And the same people who were Nazis need to be, all of them held accountable. (laughs) Accountability. Yes. And basically, knowledge is power. Yes. So why would we not want to educate our youth on... What the truth is, give mm-hmm. knowledge, inspire real change. Mm-hmm. And I, I it's, it's so embarrassing. Like, uh, <laughs> it's so <laughs> embarrassing. 
embarrassing. Like, I don't even know what another word is. Like, it... What's embarrassing? Like... <laughs> Let me think this over. I think what's embarrassing is that people, like, how much the United States tries to cover up, like, oh, this stuff never happened, or, like, um, uh, I, I know that uh, Vice President Harris is the vice president. I understand that it's politics, whatever, never going to be a politician, but she was up here, he's like, racism? America's not racist. Like, it, I was, you, you and I both know that's a lie. So let's let's not pretend <laughs> that it's that it's not because it's you could even look at like the way that immigrants are treated. Like the Haitian immigrants, y'all sent them back so quickly and there are so many Canadian immigrants who are white who are are, are untouched. And I think that says a lot about us as a nation and we have many 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 improvements to make it's it's not it's a complex issue but needs to be addressed mm-hmm. i mean you don't just ignore it because it's complicated or uncomfortable or inconvenient for some mm-hmm. just like dr rice said um so it's, it's discouraging that learning about our truth, learning about what happened in the past, what's happening now, learning about racism so it can be it can be eliminated. We want to eliminate it, but how are we going to eliminate it if we don't educate ourselves on it, mm-hmm. if we don't learn about it? I, I really I loved what you said, Dr. Rice said. I thought his words were really inspiring. Um, about learning about race and racism and and hopefully that bill won't pass mm-hmm. um, in Michigan to ban critical race theory. I think banning the truth is never a good idea. Yeah, and I appreciate that article that Arpen Lobo and Mitchell Boatman wrote for the Holland Centennial because they just flat out said, like, first of all, it's not even in our education curriculum right now and um yeah but I think another thing is like the fact that like a lot of schools in Michigan just now are banning the confederate flag like it's this should have been done and like a lot of these actions are reactive we need to be proactive in fighting racism and being reactive doesn't is not that helpful so it's like my school in specific, they were like, oh, like, the year I graduated, they banned Confederate flags. I'm like, well, I mean, like, literally, I remember seeing people having it on their cars, on their sweatshirts, oh, wow. on their belts. And I'm like, this is why you were going to high school? <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, boy. Yes. I was like, oh, my gosh. I was like, this is racist, racist. And then it's like, there were, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that, that, but I was like, it's, it's not just my school, it's a lot of them, so it's, it, we, like, by promoting these, like, racist sim- symbols, and, like, saying that, oh, it's not racist, it's Southern Pride, but it's, like, there's... Yeah, in the North, I mean, and you went to high school in Michigan. I would like, so, I would like to say... So, you didn't even, I mean, I, as far as I know, Michigan never had the Confederate flag, ever, so why Michiganders... 
feel the need to fly a Confederate flag has nothing to do with Southern pride and has everything to do with racism. Yeah, we're practically in Canada, so... But I would like to say <laughs> that people are like, oh, like, the North isn't racist. The North is just as racist. It's just in a different way. So I, I like to make that point. They're like, oh, like, I would never go live in a Southern state. But I'm like, have you... Someone said, I can't remember who it was, but someone's like, have you been to Boston? Like, <laughs> like Michigan, Michigan... Michigan is like a lot of like everywhere is racist you're not gonna escape it it's just that people are racist in different ways um so I mean even here like I still see people with the confederate flag like grown like adults some people like oh it's they're they're just teenagers no like hold these people accountable it's like this is not fashion this is racism and it's pretty well known (laughs) that it's hurtful it's hurtful, yes. and it does symbolize racist views. So don't fly it. Unless you want to hurt other people, don't fly it. And it's crazy because I remember like vividly having um, a discussion in a psychology class, and this person was like, oh, like I don't view it as racist, but I'm like, like res- respectfully, as a white person, you don't get to say what is and is not racist. So me telling you that that is racist, it is racist. And it's like, oh, it's Southern pride. Like, we were literally having a conversation back and forth. I was like, you don't get to tell me what is and is not racist. And if and if someone was to tell someone else, like, hey, like, this is racist, maybe, maybe you should listen to them. Yeah. Like, take that into consideration. Um, so it sounds like we have a long ways to go. We, we really do, guys. And banning critical race theory. It's not the way to go. No. No, I don't think so. We need to implement it, honestly. I mean, this is my opinion. We need to implement it because, like, we need an accurate telling of history. There's just so many things that are literally bulldozed over. Like, if if people don't want you to know about certain racisms, maybe we should do an episode (laughs) uncovering, like, Things like events that people have like tried to cover up. Like one good example is, I mean, all you have to look up is Central Park. Just look up Central Park, and maybe you can find out what's underneath. But um, yeah, that's. I mean, there have been cover-ups in history, um, and and that's wrong too. So I mean, knowledge is power. We need to give our children the power of knowledge. And if kids have that knowledge, they're our future. Mm-hmm. We, they yes. can make a difference, you know? I mean, I, I, my hope is for a better tomorrow, a tomorrow that there's more equality, that there isn't racism. I know we have a long ways to go, but hopefully with knowledge we can get there. Yes, I... I... I'm hopeful and I'm going to try not to be too cynical. <laughs> um, but we will have all of the resources we used for this episode in the uh, notes and description of this podcast episode. And thank you so much for listening. I Thanks, hope, everyone. I hope you enjoyed it. Bye-bye. Bye.